Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to the HQ Movie Review Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, we're not saying podcast also, just review? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know that we were saying HQ Movie Review. I stopped wait, talking after saying? Welcome. <laughs> wow. I mean, I assumed podcast was just implied. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. But, uh, you know, it could be it could be whatever. We can just say HQ Movie Review. It's fine. It's just... I feel like if we just leave it at review, they're going to expect an actual review with numbers and things. Like a rating of some sort. Mm. It's just the name of the podcast true you know that's, that's a fair point well my name's josh <laughs> i'm jack my name's rachel and i'm heather and uh, welcome to hq we just watched captain marvel well three of you watched captain marvel <laughs> i did not heather have you ever seen captain marvel just have, for the record i've not seen captain marvel <laughs> at all so she's going in completely blind. Yeah, what did I've, you think of the last couple minutes? Nick Fury was weird. <laughs> he was happy. That's not normal. I mean, he's happy sometimes in the Is Avengers. No, I've seen not. him smile at least once. He makes jokes. I actually have a very important question about the ending of Captain Marvel. Um, what do you do to get the nickname Avenger uh, if you have not seen combat? That is an excellent question. Why was she Avenger? I think before we go any further, we should we should absolutely date this uh, this recording. As... It's Valentine's Day. It is. Yeah, well, yes, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant as far as the MCU goes, we are it's eight episodes into uh, Wandavision being out. So if there's any relevance is it eight there, episodes already. No, it's it's a. Uh, I guess next time would be eight because there's seven. Oh, I'm way off on numbers. Yeah, I thought we have this seven, was eight, six, and, yeah, but that was I, six. We have seven, eight, and nine. Okay, to watch. Yeah, that have yeah. not come I out. Thought, yet. I thought we just finished six like a couple days ago. Yeah, that was six. I'm good at numbers. Are you really? <laughs> you can't prove otherwise. Fair. I think it also goes without saying that uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers for a lot of different uh, MCU properties. Yeah, spoilers for the entire MCU. So just be ready for at, that at this point in time. Episode yeah, six, um, now streaming. Look at that. Look yeah. it up. It is episode six. Hey, I corrected. No, you're right. I'm just I'm yeah. just doing yeah. the fact checking. So, yeah, we're going to spoil uh, the first six episodes of WandaVision as well as the rest of the MCU if you haven't seen it. So, uh, what did you guys think about Captain Marvel? How's it, how's it rank on your list of MCU movies? It is... It's not the top of the list. I, I enjoyed it. I'd say it's solidly mid-tier for me. I really liked it. I liked the stuff it was saying, but it's not like my favorite go-to rewatch movie. Uh, it's at the. It's not at the top of my list either, but it's pretty high up in the rankings for me. Um, I think it's a pretty solid prelude to the Avengers, and it ties in a lot of other aspects of the universe pretty well. Heather, mm -hmm. uh, you have not seen it, so where do you think it would be? Well, so personally, I go off characters, not necessarily things that happen. So. I hated Captain Marvel in Endgame. I just did not like her for some reason. Um, could that reason possibly be you had no idea who she was? No, I knew who she was. Yeah, but you haven't, you seen, haven't the seen the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but I knew who she was. All right, so like, let's get into this. What do you not like about her character? I, I just... She felt like she just thought she was better than everyone else. That was the impression I got for not having seen the movie. That's how she came off to me. 
powers wise, she is better yeah, than she, everyone. I'm not, denying, not exactly wrong. I'm not denying that she wasn't stronger than everyone. Like she totally was, but attitude counts in my book. Be a little humble. <laughs> also, it's a fun bit of trivia. They actually filmed all of Captain Marvel's Endgame scenes before they filmed the Captain Marvel movie. Cool. Um, so she wasn't able to really explore her character dimensions until after Endgame. Huh, interesting. New fact. So I have pre-character Captain Marvel as my one impression. You're experiencing her in the order it was filmed. Well, you would be if you'd... If I had watched the movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still haven't experienced it yet. Yep. Oh. I suppose if we if we assume the last scene was the last thing filmed, you saw the earliest and the latest thing. None of the middle stuff. Yep. Going back to the rankings, I'd say it's in the, the top ten for sure for me, but I don't know about top five. I think there's a lot of really good MCU movies out there, and Captain Marvel's good, but, you know, just... It's hard to compete with, you know, original Avengers, Endgame, you know, Civil War. Yeah, all of the big crossover moments are kind of... They're the big, they pretty they're the much take up the top five. Also, Thor Ragnarok was pretty good. Thor, yeah. Thor Ragnarok <laughs> is absolutely in my top five. Mm. Oh, yeah. That might be my number one. It, yeah, it that, that's well my number be. one. It's just Ragnarok is great. So about Captain Marvel, though. <laughs> i'm thinking maybe uh -huh. next time we take notes during the movie <laughs> yeah that's fair because we had a lot of interesting things to say to be during. fair i think it's a lot of we're now put on the spot and we have to come up with things to talk about when normally it's just cool what do we want to talk about yeah that's fair i think it's safe to for episode zero go on a hard just mcu tangent if we need to fair yeah Fair enough. The original idea was that we'd just follow our conversation wherever it normally went, but record it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really see a reason to limit j to just the movie. Yeah. It's kind of just a podcast with, hey, here's a weekly new theme. Guess where it's going? <laughs> where will we end up? Who knows? What's going to happen? I can't wait to listen back to this after you've established how the podcast is actually going to go. And it's like, oh man, that was the first recording we did. Man, we sure it's... had no plan. <laughs> <laughs> we sure definitely just kind of started this. One of them didn't even watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a leap of faith, right? Yeah, that's all it is, Miles. <laughs> Y'all want to talk about all of the important ties that Captain Marvel has to WandaVision? <laughs> Yeah, like two of the characters. I guess yeah. I guess one of the characters. One of the characters and an important cameo. Does Maria cameo in WandaVision? She's a picture. Does that count? I think it. I would say that's a cameo. Counts. Yeah, I guess she's she gets name dropped. She's an important figure in the lore of WandaVision. So also in addition to the whole WandaVision thing, there's now how many characters? whose superpowers are directly tied to the Infinity Stones? Uh, so many. So we've got... We've got Wanda, we've got Carol. And we've Quicksilver. got Vision. Yeah, Quicksilver. Quicksilver's I mean, dead. And Vision. Yeah, Vision, maybe Quicksilver. We're not really sure about, you know, where he stands on the dead alive scale. 
So I guess the same can be said about Vision. At least at one point we had Doctor Strange. Yeah, but his powers weren't really connected to the time zone. He just had it. Yeah, he, he just, just had, had it. That. No, yeah. like I'm That's talking like specifically Thanos. about someone who like before either didn't exist or like, did not have powers. Like they don't need to hold the stone to use the power. Okay. Well, well then the answer I mean, is Vision kind of needs to hold the stone to use the power. We don't know that. They were trying to take the stone out of him. If they didn't, you know, rip it out of his head, he might still be alive and have powers. Vision needs to hold the stone just to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we don't know that. Shuri was doing a good job of taking the stone out, and if she wasn't interrupted, she probably would have. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, we've got four characters whose powers are not, at least in theory, directly tied to holding the stones, which is nice, not having all the characters have one origin. I think that was, if I can tangent off into comic book things, that was one of the things I both liked and didn't like about like the Ultimate Universe comics, where everything was, oh, we're just trying to recreate Captain America. Mm. Oh, so yeah. it's nice that yeah. the powers like, hey, have here's the serum what do you get from it <laughs> yeah all of spider-man like all, uh, well i guess not the x-men they're just mutants but like every other hero whose powers are some way artificial was just different people trying to recreate the captain america super soldier serum the hulk spider-man i guess there's uh, most of the avengers really a uh, spider woman so it's nice that there's like all right well here's captain america was his own thing and here's a couple people who have similar origins but really just doing our own thing. I guess we don't really know the origin of MCU Peter Parker's spider. I think it would be neat if we could make a human infinity gauntlet. Uh, I'm... <laughs> go what? On. No, go I know. On. I see no, what, no, I see no, what no, you're go saying. On. Go, on. go on. Go on. I want to hear this. Please explain. I think that we should have enough superheroes in the MCU. We just need six that... we need six people each tied to a different stone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's it. So oh. And you want to make them into a gauntlet? I don't think she wants to literally make the gauntlet. Just have a that team. Can... Yeah, that could be their <laughs> see, Avengers team name. See, I thought like us she... sending the gauntlet. <laughs> I thought she meant to have a person who is just made up of all the infinity stones. Just like it like vision so a vision but with all these yes stones. that's what i yeah, that's, a little flower that crown like a terrible idea. Stones. <laughs> <laughs> like, what visually interesting in theory in, in like practice that sounds like a terrible idea that person's all powerful yeah <laughs> completely they don't they can just they can do the snap whenever anytime they snap I can. I imagine they have to turn the power yeah. on to snap, you but you know to, that you also. To, it was an active thing. Like you could yeah. do other things. Like snapping does not immediately just inherently destroy half the universe. Yeah, snapping. He had to make the wish and snap. Yeah. Which is also, I understand. Like comics wise, we had to tie it to a thing, but it's weird that the power is activated by snapping. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I kind of, the way I think about it is like, it's it's kind of like a gun, and the snap is a trigger. You have to point it at the right thing you want, and the 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 snap is just the activation. Because yeah. I mean, if you is a a smaller detail, but like if you watch the Infinity War and Endgame, he has sort of different hand motions for different things. Like when he, like part of the reason why when they were trying to take the gauntlet off of him back on Titan, they were like, "Hey, don't let him close his fist," is because that's how he activated it for like using the Power Stone and stuff. Yes, he had to like make a fist with it. Yeah, I think that would probably. Uh, be an inherent limitation in the gauntlet itself because uh, the gauntlet is a way for him to control that power right mm -hmm. yeah so you have to have a means of 
you know, actually controlling it. Yeah, and if he had direct access to all the stones, then it wouldn't really be protecting him from anything. Yeah, and HP taught him every single different hand motion for every single stone before he like burned his hands off. Yep. I mean, he probably can like decide on what action he wants to do, but he has to perform some action to do it to do something. I personally like to think that it's completely arbitrary, and he's just like, "Well, I want to do a snap." And so I'm going to snap and that'll be the activation trigger. Honestly, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was. Because he mentioned, like, at the snap of my fingers, I could do something. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to freaking snap. He's like, I just want to be poetic. It's just really funny that, like, the Hulk and Iron Man didn't know that that was a thing. So they're like, oh, it's activated by snapping. We have to snap. Now we all have to do it. I mean, both of them. I mean, Hulk kind of had some time. But, like... Iron Man really didn't have time to think about it. You know, he kind of no, got it and he's just like, all right, cool. I got to do this. Yeah, burn this now because it is literally killing me. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of just like, all right, let's, we got to go. We got to, we got to, we can't experiment with this. We know snapping works as an activation feature. We're just going to roll with it. Let's go. Do you guys ever think that pretty much anybody else that was on that battlefield would have survived that snap? And we just chose, like, one of two people out there that had no powers. Yeah, it's... Well, I, the thing is that Iron Man... It only worked for Iron Man because he had that cool pocket-picking technology where his his gauntlet just steals the stones out of the one that Thanos stole. Anyone else probably wouldn't have had the means to hold the stones. But yeah. it's really unfortunate that the one normal human... I don't One think, of the two normal humans. I, I genuinely don't think that anyone else besides the Hulk or Captain Marvel would have been able to survive regardless. Because, like, Thanos... An argument could be made for Thor. Here's oh, no, the yeah, thing. Because I, I would well. say Thor as well. Yeah. But then if we take that a step further, uh, anyone who holds the hammer possesses the power of Thor. So, uh, so uh, Captain, Captain America, America like, while holding Mjolnir. Well, if he was holding Mjolnir, then he could yeah. do the thing. So, well, no, no, no. He, Mjolnir just gives you, like, the electrical powers and, like, the lightning stuff. That's not the actual, like, divinity and godhood that comes Excuse with Excuse me, are you Odin? <laughs> Did you write the rules? <laughs> the comics beg to differ. That is also true. The com- In the yeah. comics, you can you can hold it, and it'll give you, like, a Thor mode. Like, it'll change your clothes for you. Yeah. I'm pretty that's sure that's going to be solidified in the MCU when uh, we get Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. It's because yeah. we also get Jane Foster Thor, yeah. which is great. Yeah, which is going to be nice. But, um... Till yeah. then, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, I I generally think Captain Captain America without the hammer, I still think would have died. Uh, I think he would have had a better chance. Oh yeah, better chance. He would have lasted ten minutes. Fair. I mean, th- this dude survives a lot. I mean, yeah, but not like all six Infinity Stones. That's it's a Listen, lot. He like arm wrestled Thanos while Thanos had. Five of the six, and Thanos was surprised by his powers. I, yeah, I'm not. So, he was still like, "Oh wow, this ant is fighting back a little bit. This is kind of impressive." Yeah, but it's like if an ant actually moved your arm. Yeah, but it's still an ant. <laughs> hmm. Well, what about so, a spider? In Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Lord holds a singular infinity stone and yeah. they split the power amongst themselves and they all survive right right mm-hmm. yeah so if they had all every single person if they had on... all touched iron man while he was no snapping? not thanos so like all the heroes right yeah 
if all of them had like come and like helped disperse the energy, would Iron Man have lived? If everybody holds hands, if, yeah. well, holds if you got hands. literally all thousand people there to hold hands, well, then sure. See, here's the thing. Also, Star Lord only survived because of his eternal. Like he had the power of his dad, the yeah, like eternal which, in him, which he yeah, doesn't have anymore. He is, he was half eternal. Yeah, fair. So, so that that's the only reason he was able to survive long enough to hold hands with anyone anyway. Yeah. I don't think, had he just been human, he'd be able to do that, really. Nah. And that's just one stone. Like, yeah. I genuinely don't think that any human, superpowered or not, would have been able to do it outside of very select characters that are highly durable. I think adult Spider-Man probably wouldn't be able to do it. I, but not Peter Parker as he is now. Because ad- adult Spider-Man is legitimately one of the strongest characters in the Marvel Universe. Not necessarily the MCU. but it's, it's not even strength, like physically strong, but how durable are you? Well, yeah, like, he's incredibly durable. Like, how, would you be able to, like, be thrown into a sun and survive? All right, well, I don't think any of the characters in the MCU would be able to do that. No, right? I think Carol could do it. Thor. Thor legitimately did that. He took on the power of the star, and it almost killed him. If you threw him into the star, he definitely would have just died. It was literally like the focal of, like, the, the star was being focused into him. Yeah, but he wasn't in the star. Yeah, he wasn't. It's just... worse than in the star. How is it worse? Because all of it was being focused into him. Right, but that's not, I don't think that's exactly what was happening there. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. He there. was basically just siphoning the energy from the star. Throwing someone into the star is just cool. You're gonna burn to death. All right, cool. Well, regardless, um, you throw Spider-Man in that situation. I think you have a very burnt spider. Well, yeah, I mean, as he is now, he isn't okay. coming to the fullness of his power yet. All right, cool. He he grows up. I still think you have a very burnt spider. I mean. I'm just thinking, I'm pretty sure Thor could do it. Captain Marvel absolutely could. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk did. Yeah. But it, like, fucked up his arm. I think having a healing factor also greatly improves your chances. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So, like, once Wolverine gets into the universe, (laughs) which I'm sure they're gonna do. So You could stick the stones on his claws. (laughs) (laughs) He would yeah. need both would hands. He, he be touching them. Three per hand. <laughs> or do you put them on either side? You just kind of be jeweled. He can never re- retract his claws. Um. Uh. Yeah. Deadpool. Deadpool could do it because nothing can kill him. Like actually. Yeah. Yeah. He would be in pieces, though. He would absolutely be in pieces, and he might actually be permanently like injured from it but i don't think he would die i mean he's already permanently in fact he could just cut off his burnt up arm and grow a new one I what mean, do you think the line is for cutting deadpool in half where you would get to it's it's revolving around his brain so like you could yeah. if you cut off his head if you bisect him vertically perfectly in the middle i think i think that way you just kind of stop him from regenerating like he doesn't die he just is in, he's just having a bad time in two places at once is it like that bo burnham left brain right brain skit yeah yeah probably because like it's if you cut off his head you either reattach his head or his head grows a new body and then his old body just kind of rots but like 
if you if you mess up his brain, you you really mess him up because he needs to reform that. I don't know if he can, if it would just pick one side and regrow that side. Look, to be honest, this man can come back from being a singular cell, as in the comics. I think he could just do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the comics, his healing factor is also bolstered by the fact that he's cursed n to never die by magic. Fair. So the real question is, when are they bringing Lady Death into the MCU? <laughs> oh, That'd man. be interesting. I kind of thought they were would have done that with uh, Thanos and all that. Yeah, but then they're like, no, let's give him like a human. Let's make him the protagonist. We can't have it just be like, oh, he wants to marry the concept of death. And so he kills half the universe. Nah, he needs to have a, a relatively good reason so that we feel conflicted. Also, so it just makes more sense. Because I'm going to be honest, like I like the comics, but that's that's just silly. <laughs> he saw the Grim Reaper one day and he's like, if I make her job more difficult, she'll love me, of course. I'd tap that. <laughs> well, it's it's only more difficult initially. And then it's like half as hard. Some men bring you flowers, other men She's bring still doing you the half same of the amount universe. of work. It's just cool. If I get half of it done now, later I'll only have to space out half of the amount of work without like throughout that whole time. So it's like if I do everything in bulk now, I'll have more free time later. Well, see, the thing about that is it doesn't even really it just kind of resets the population a little bit. And first off, a lot more people will die a lot more rapidly. Because you've cut half the people in half, like, half the population in half randomly. So, like, it's, there's a lot of empty holes where people needed to be to stop bad things from happening that are just, like, half the people Im immediately die. All of the people who are in planes who are not, like, blipped away are now crashing. And then there's a whole lot of, like, necessity, like, spots that need to be filled that are not filled that cause people to die. And that makes... One, a lot more people die initially, and then after that, the population just like goes back to what it was before eventually. It's not like he doubled the resources, which he could have done. He just kind of set it Honestly, back a little bit. Honestly, I feel like that would have been better. No, yeah, doubling like, the resources is actually the correct, the correct option here. It's like, cool. The population has gotten too much for the, for the resources to sustain. There's now double the population for the resources. I know. Let's cut the population in he, half. It's literally the, hey, you have three kids and four chairs. What do you do, meme? Yep. Everyone else is like, oh, you get one more turn. And Thanos is like, you kill a child. <laughs> like Also, Thanos having the population of all living organisms also halved all the living resources. He killed not only half the people, but half of the livestock and half of the plants. So it's just the same problem, but slightly smaller. Yeah. yeah He's basically. like, all right, we have four children and two chairs. Now we have two children in one chair. I've solved it. And the other thing is he could have, like, just transported half of the universe to, like, another universe. He could have created a new universe. He could have created a parallel world and sent half yeah. of them there. He could have doubled the number of planets that were inhabitable. He, he could have doubled have the doubled size the of every planet. Of tables. I mean, chairs is the or metaphor, chairs. but yeah. Chairs, chairs, chairs. He had so many other options, but he had that one, like, let's kill half the people idea and stuck with it for years. One kid in every poli-sci class. <laughs> Getting back on the Captain Marvel train momentarily. We're going to step off again. Don't worry.
<laughs> it's interesting watching the path of the infinity stones that we that we track because like they they kind of made a joke about it in um infinity war where they're like hey there's one week when three of the stones are in new york at the same time when these stone there's six of these stones for the entire universe but also it's interesting that like the tesseract was just the space stone was just kind of on earth for a long time and no one really knew what was going on with it like it was just it's in a box it's in a box and we think the box is another thing then the nazis wanted it for a while as long as we're talking about captain america now yeah okay (laughs) all right so the end of captain america red skull grabs the space stone and space stone says no screw you go to voromir it doesn't do that to anyone else um, the space zone does not like Nazis. I think is probably the 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 first direction we can go with that. I like. I understand that it um tolerated Thanos. Yeah, but genocide it's okay with, but genocide based on race? No, thank you, yeah. sir. Indiscriminate they... genocide's fine. <laughs> Discriminate genocide. Yeah. That's that's a big no no. It's not cool. Which I mean. It's got some standards, which is, which is nice. But it's... it's uh... It could be a little bit more... Well, I was going to say discriminatory, but that's not the right word. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, you bring up points. Like, what did he do? Like, did he... Like, he touched it, right? Yeah. Is that what was going on? He, the Red Skull picked up the stone, and the stone was like, no, go to space. And then it burned a hole through the plane and fell into the ocean. It doesn't do that, like, ever again. Yeah, for everyone else, it just, like, either kills them or disintegrates yeah. them. In fact, Red Skull picked it up earlier in the movie, and it didn't do that. He had a glove on that time. Uh, it couldn't read what he'd done. Couldn't read him through the glove. I mean, but like, every other Infinity Stone, if you try to use it without some kind of special item that it's embedded in, like, if you just try to use the stone directly... It will really fuck you up if you're not a super god tier or eternal or... Well, that's not necessarily true, I don't think. The power stone specifically was like, oh, this is this stone is just power. If you try to hold it and you can't control that power, you're going to explode. The space stone outside of the Tesseract doesn't really interact with anything because as long as it's outside of the Tesseract, Thanos has control of it. The Aether, the reality stone, spends a good portion of its debut movie inside of a woman. Yeah. And it does kind of make her sick, but it doesn't instantly vaporize her or send her across the galaxy. She would have died eventually, but she didn't die immediately. So that yeah. was yeah. that was a Power Stone-specific thing then. Yeah, I think it's Stone-specific. Because yeah. also, in Endgame, Clint holds the Soul Stone after he uh, earns it. <laughs> and it doesn't do anything negative to him. It's just that one has an unlock quest you have to do something to get it yeah see i i thought that was more along the lines of the soul stone is special well yeah the, the, the soul stone is absolutely special because it chooses you based on making a terrible sacrifice but i think they're all special in that way it's just this one is the only one that sticks out as like you have a prerequisite to get it rather than it just has a cost after the fact uh, okay the cost comes before not after the Mind Stone, I don't really know, because it spends all of its time in Loki's scepter. And then in Vision's head. Yeah. No one really ever holds it. The One of the, the things, I'm pretty sure in the comics, the Soul Stone is the one that goes on the back of the hand. Like, it's the biggest one. Yeah. 
And then they made it the Mind Stone in the movie. Yeah, they changed the order of which, which stone goes where. But I mean, the size of the stone changes based on being in the gauntlet or not. Like, you see all the stones are about the same size, except for the ether, which is liquid for some reason. It forms into a stone. Yeah. When he puts it on the gauntlet, it morphs into the shape of the hole that was made for it. So I guess it just flattens out and gets wider. Expands its surface area. But I also feel like the mind stone was always like really small, like the way that you would think the stone was. And then like it was taken out of vision and it was just this rock. Like it was just a huge rock. It's it's like a like an inch and a half in length. It's Yeah, but there was like a lot of it that was just embedded in the head and it was just a giant rock with this little tiny part that was sticking out of his forehead. And I was like, that's not how I remember it being. I mean, I think you're thinking of the crater that Thanos left, which is the big... a very large crater. But also, <laughs> most of that was Thanos's giant fingers gouging into his forehead. Maybe I don't really. I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen. I, it so I feel long. like I remember what Heather's talking about with the Mind Stone. Like he takes it out, and it's not just on the surface level. Like it was way deeper and bigger than it appeared. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely embedded more so into his into his skull than out of it but like it's it looked like it was about the same size as the other stones i don't i don't really remember it's it's been a little bit it has been a it while was such a tiny detail that yeah. i i just i have a memory of it like if it were an inch and a half tall feeling like it was like three inches into his head yeah <laughs> yeah no like, that's not the case like it, it felt like it was really in there for how big it looked on the outside yeah but I do agree with you in that it, it definitely feels like the stones just kind of morph into whatever shape or size is necessary. Yeah. Like I said, one of them is liquid for most of its time. Also, the reality stone doesn't... It's weird what it does. Because if you think about it, like it can change reality. But a lot of what Thanos uses it for is just kind of illusions. Yeah. He's like, oh no, this is what Titan used to look like. And he, he uses the reality stone to make it appear as it is. And it's like, right, well, did you change reality there or you just kind of show us what it looked like because theoretically you could just change reality and make it to where that thing never happened yeah like how much of how much of what thanos wanted to do could have been done with just the reality stone there's a lot of things that thanos could have done that he chose not to yeah like not abuse all of his children i feel like the reality stone is is a little bit more limited without the other stones backing it up like, it might only be able to permanently change a relatively small area or, you know, make minor changes to large areas or just illusions in a very large area, you know? I feel like the Reality Stone, being an Infinity Stone, means that it has to be, you know, fairly powerful. But without the backing of all the other stones, I feel like it has to be limited in range and scope. That's possible. In that case, I feel like Thanos could have just taken it and very much like his crusade across the worlds to kill, to manually kill half the population of each planet, he could have just gone to each planet and if, if he'd had the reality zone, manually fixed them and then just gone to another planet. Because he did have a very large campaign to kill half of the people on every planet before he got the rest of the Infinity Zones and just did everything at once. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like that's probably what he would have done if he felt like he couldn't get the other five stones as well. But by the time he got the reality stone, he's already, what, halfway there, if not farther? And I feel like that was his fourth one, right? I don't remember. Yeah, because after that, he gets the time stone 
and then the uh, Mind Stone. Yeah, and so he's he's already most way there, and he could stop, but then he'd have to literally still go to all the different planets and do that. And that's just going to take a really long time when he could just get the last two stones and do it literally in an instant. You ever think about how um, Ronan was working for Thanos during Guardians? And we just kind of threw out the whole half of the planet thing, huh? And instead went to just... Yeah. We're just going to decimate this whole this whole rock. Well, this decimating the rock was Ronan's plan. Thanos is like, no, you're just here to get me the stones. And if you want to kill the whole planet, I guess that kind of solves the population thing. But that's not really my goal. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like Ronan, Loki, all those... Thanos really was a hands-off kind of guy. Yeah. He's he had- like, hey, cool. This is my goal. I'm not going to micromanage you. Just do it however you see fit. Just go for it. He's very much a, uh, I'm going to make you do it. Like They had a whole scene where he's like, fine, I'll do it myself because he got sick of it. But also, he's really bad at managing the stones he did have. Like, Yeah. Because he had the Mind Stone before because he gave Loki the scepter, right? Yeah. He gives Loki the Mind Stone to go take the Space Stone and ends up losing both. Yeah. Why do you think he's like, nah? Get out of my sight. No, you're done. I invested in you. I gave you a stone to get me another stone back, and you lost it. You've you done messed up, son. You're done. Back to the reality stone, though. I just want to talk about Wanda got her powers from the mind stone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd um, think they'd be just minder-based, huh? Yeah. So... What kind of happened to that? Because it really, really, really feels like hers should have been from the reality stone, right? What, her red reality-altering powers from the red reality-altering stone? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that just... I'm not... I, I really want some more information on what so, went down with Wanda's powers. That's I mean, that's purely, like, outside of canon reasons. It's, it, hey, yeah. we they have this character who alters reality. Yeah, she can't have mutant abilities, and she can't be related to Magneto, so we have to give her another origin, and this is the only stone we have on Earth right now, so it's unfortunate, but her reality-altering powers, which really conveniently fit very well with the reality stone, don't come from it. That's unfortunate. I feel like they might retcon that. If they're going to be introducing the mutants into the MCU, they might just retcon it in some way. Uh, one of the big theories that I see a lot about WandaVision is that once they dissipate that her reality-altering powers, that it's going to activate the X gene in a lot of the population. Kind of reverse what happens in the comics with House of M, where she just says, no more mutants. Now we're going to be, yes, mutants. Yeah. Well, because also, uh, one of the things they talk about in like a data book thing is that Wanda and Pietro were chosen not just because of like they vol- they're volunteering, but because they had a specific genetic disposition for like mutation. Like the like Sokovia was chosen as the ground for their experiments because a lot of people in Sokovia had the genetic disposition for mutations, not necessarily capital M mutations, but like DNA that was capable of mutations. So it's kind of and this obviously came out after Fox was purchased by Disney. So it's kind of um it's kind of implied that they were pre mutants or like proto mutants. So it could be retconned in that instead of getting their powers from the Mind Stone, the Mind Stone only activated the genes. Right. Which would technically make them mutates, but I don't think we're going to get into that kind of, that level of uh, division in the MCU. Probably not. Well, we also didn't think we'd get to see Wanda go absolutely insane uh, 
but here we are. Yeah, true. See, here's what I'm interested in is that we have kind of a fake mutants thing in the MCU already with the Inhumans, but because of the fact that they have both a failed movie and are largely a part of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, which is like B or C tier canon, we have kind of like pseudo mutants in the MCU and we're just not going to address them ever again. Like, honestly, did anyone did anyone here see the Inhumans movie or show, I guess? Nope. nope. I saw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. <laughs> he saw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they were there because we didn't have access to mutants at that point. And now that we do have access to, like, capital M mutants, we're going to get Kamala Khan and no one else. She's the one Inhuman we get to keep. Yep. So, are the Inhuman? weren't the Inhumans just aliens? Uh, sort of. The Inhumans were like a Cree experiment with making humans have superpowers. And it was just like, uh, well, this is a dormant thing in your DNA. And some of you have this not mutant gene. It's, it's the inhuman gene, but it has to be activated with this rock. And once we activate it, then you have powers, but it's not going to activate on its own ever. You're just going to pass it down. And eventually maybe someone will have their powers activated, Hmm. which I mean, they kind of did end up having their own mutant thing where it's like, all right, well, it turns out because the rock was a pterogen and it would turn to a mist and that's what would activate it so it turns out hey whoopsie daisy we accidentally in the comics there was the pterogen mist which is just this big cloud of mist that was going around the planet and hitting people and if you were an inhuman your powers would activate in Agents of shield a big a bunch of pterogen got into the water and then like fish ate it and then it got into fish oil pellets and all kinds of other stuff so it basically went up through the food chain, and once it got to people, it started activating people all over the world, and that's how the Inhumans became a thing there. Interesting. It's a very good way to be like, oh, well, we didn't have to talk about Inhumans before because they weren't a thing, but now they are, and they're everywhere. And you'll never hear about them ever. Yeah. We get we get one. We get Miss Marvel. She's the only Inhuman we care about now. We're going to forget about the rest. Daisy Johnson, she can be in that cartoon. So, yeah, real excited to see how they plan on incorporating mutants which definitely were a thing since like ancient egypt at the earliest mutants have been around but we just never talked about them and no one's known about them not even shield they're real good at hiding they're so good they're good at hiding it's it's gonna be amazing when professor x is like yeah i know we have we have this big mansion upstate new york i can't believe you didn't haven't seen us yet we're we're like everywhere yeah we have like this whole like airplane that just goes to places and we do things yeah we've been having missions there's a brotherhood of evil mutants have you have you not noticed that (laughs) they all stick around like one town yeah it's only upstate new york one of my favorite things is everyone always says like dc has terrible movies terrible terrible movies marvel great movies some of the best movies you can watch. You go to like TV shows, it's the complete opposite. DC has some of the best shows. Marvel, no, like not so much. In particular, cartoons. DC cartoons have generally just always been better and longer running than yeah. Marvel cartoons. I mean, Marvel had a few standouts that I really liked, but no, DC definitely had the better cartoon lineup of the bat- like the whole DC animated universe. Oh yeah. Plus yeah. like. Yeah. Static Shock, which is kind of half and half in there. Yeah. And then, like, the original Teen Titans show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Marvel Young had Ju- some, like, the 80s, 80s and 90s Spider-Man that was good. Young Justice is pretty good. I mean, it's not like... I wouldn't say it's on par with the DC animated universe, but it's definitely up there. It's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like it. its strength was definitely in the earlier season. Oh, yeah. No. As it's- they got farther, they kept going with the, hey, we're going to 
do another time skip and have another new team. It's like, no, I got really attached to these characters. What I want to see what they're doing. Yeah. At least in the third season, they were like, ah, oh, yes, everyone likes these characters. We're going to focus on them. Yeah, but then it was weird because they still were like, all right, yeah, here's all the characters you love from season one and a bunch of new people. They're the outsiders. We named the show after them, and it's about them now. But look, Dick Grayson, he's here. Yeah. Jason Todd shows up at one point. Yeah, he does. Also, they kept expanding it. Because, like, I think they were trying to do, like, a Justice League Unlimited thing where it's like, oh, look at all the heroes in the world. But it's weird to say that they went too fast because Justice League Unlimited went from, like, seven guys to, like, a hundred mm-hmm. in between seasons, essentially. Yeah. But it just it doesn't ramp up very well because it's like, all right, well, here's, here's the Justice League and these five teen heroes. And then every season, they expand that number by multiplying it by ten. So I take it you two over there didn't watch Young Justice. No. No. I have not really watched too much DC outside of, you know, Teen Titans and, you know, Batman. So, you know. Well, it's a good show. I guess you <laughs> have to watch it sometime. Yeah. So, Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Got to bring it back to the original topic. Do we really, though? Uh, that's what we're gonna call this episode this is the episode about captain marvel we're gonna have to i feel like every episode should be called so and then the movie title because that's how we're gonna get back on topic (laughs) (laughs) conversation's gonna die down we're gonna say so how about that insert movie title here (laughs) so so captain marvel it's been actually it's actually been a while since i've seen captain marvel and uh I kind of forgot about the whole thing about it took place between Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, like it was released then? Yeah. Yeah. So so at the end, the end scene, when it goes back to the communicator, and it's like, you know, all the non-blipped Avengers. They're standing around I was like, like hey, what oh is yeah, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. That's how they got Captain Marvel to show up. So the post-credit for Infinity War was the, the pager. Yeah. Yeah. It's also really funny that, like, when she rewired the pager, she made sure that, it like, the screen blinked in her symbol now. It's like, all right, it was the red and the blue and the gold star. That's me. It's a good thing she didn't change it in all that time. Yeah, it's, it's a real good thing she didn't. I mean, she changed her shoulder pad colors. They were red and other gold in the end credit scene. I mean, she didn't change her primary colors, though. Yeah, no. Her primary suit colors are the same and in the same general place. Imagine she showed up, like, green and blue. Yeah, or, like, the green and white. The original Captain Marvel, it's like, oh, well, this doesn't seem to correlate to you. I don't... Who are you? <laughs> and this is like, oh, yeah, yeah, who are you Also, now? I mean, to be fair, she does kind of just appear inside the Avengers compound. Yeah, but, I mean, at least, like, the color scheme's the same. They, they've they been staring at this symbol, like... Yeah. She shows up and immediately asks for Nick Fury, so, I mean, that's... She asks for Fury, which is a nice continuity of, like, oh, yeah, yeah she only calls him Fury. Not Nick Fury, just Fury. Yeah. She calls him Nick. She's a scroll, obviously. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that, like, he didn't immediately give it away. We're jumping to the middle of the movie now. Oh, yeah, yeah. When in they're the in, elevator in the scene. elevator, he's like, yeah, like, we did in Havana. And, like, he doesn't say anything. He's like, hmm, okay. And then he leaves the elevator. Because there's so many movies where it's like, but we never went to Havana. And then they start fighting there. It's like, no, you don't need to fight this guy. You know he's a scroll. Leave. Yeah. And then, you know, start, like, trying to sneak around and, you know, evade. And then, uh... End up fighting three minutes later anyway. Yeah. He he tried. He made effort. That's the important part. It's like, I can't fight here. It's too enclosed. I need to pick my own battleground. I really like that Talos 
as his boss back in the uh, autopsy room during the the scene where he peeks under the covers. Oh yeah, <laughs> Talos is like, I have to pretend like I don't know what my own Gentile looks like, so I can be surprised when Nick Fury looks at this guy's. <laughs> that has to be a weird thing that Talos wasn't prepared for. I've just got to stand here and disrespect my dead comrade. Yeah. Hey, you know, he said physiologically all scroll can do it, but it takes talent to be able to pull it off right. Yeah, fair. Ta- that talent improves the power of improv, hey. which is very important. Yeah, you know, good acting, good improv skills. Gotta be able to roll with it, man. Yeah. Talos would be excellent at D&D. <laughs> he really gets into the character, you know? Yeah. No. And he could just be the character. Yeah. Which, you know, that does... He, has, he says he has to see the person to, like, turn into them. But that one, that's bonkers that he can look at something and then transform on the DNA level. Like, he, did you pick see, that up through... Did you see their DNA? See, I like to think that they just have really, really good vision, and they could literally just <laughs> he looked see at a the cell. D- that's what they're copying, is they're, they're looking at the genetic code on the inside. That's how strong their eyes yeah, are. Yeah, they also have x-ray vision. Every time they transform, they transform the body and then the clothing, which means they can either see under the clothing... Or imagine what's under the clothing. And well, make it. I mean, if you if the if you go with the theory of they can see the the genes, then all they're doing is just replicating the genes, and yeah. that comes with all the stuff. They replicate the person's genes, and then the genes they're wearing too. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I'd, that was I'd terrible. Be, yeah, I don't know why you laughed at that. <laughs> Someone's gotta. I don't yeah. need your pity. It's gotta happen. I, I, I'd actually be curious to see if there's like. You know, any, like, scars that are covered up with clothing, if those get copied as well, or if that's, like, a giveaway for a scroll, is if they don't know that there's scars underneath. Yeah. Uh, or, like, tattoos or any any marking that's not on a genetic level. Talos looked at the right side of that surfer and was like, I can fully replicate this woman now. You know, yeah. He, like, she could have had a birthmark on the left side of her face that you just never saw. Well, a birthmark would be genetic. Yeah, it would be. And but I guess he can like see genes a scar or a tattoo or something would be something that is not going to be on a genetic level. Yeah. So like if you, you know, say for instance, only saw Nick Fury from the right side. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing then. It says that they can replicate like memories and stuff. And I think it's it's implied that like, oh, we have this machine that can do it. Oh, and no, also, no, no. when they just look at people, they can see into their memory. That's just magic. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> That's, That's just straight magic. Because like that guy replicated Coulson. He replicated how Coulson talked and everything. Yeah, I mean, unless somehow they can like see and feel like the electrical impulses in the brain, and that's how they're getting their short-term memory and all that, then it's just magic. <laughs> I mean, I think at one point Carol said something about them needing to touch them. And so I almost want to be like, you can look at them and you can replicate a good amount of it. But if you want to have a really convincing cover, like Mm -hmm. to touch them, and that's how you can get the DNA. That's how you get access to the recent memories. Because I said you can only replicate the recent memories. Yeah, that makes sense. I do like that Carol's test for, hey, are you a scroll? Is let me ask you a bunch of information that I can't verify. 
I don't know anything yeah. about you, but tell me some like deep personal secrets, and I will judge based on whether I think you're lying. Yeah. Where were you born? Michigan. Yeah, that sounds like a place, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Michigan doesn't yeah, exist. She, she, at this point, she doesn't know anything about uh, C5? Earth. Or C35? It was, was C35. It? C35. Yeah. Why was yeah. it C35? I imagine, uh, like, what is it the 35th of? Is it based on the star? Um, I'm guessing it has to do with coordinates. I guess. Like, if you have a grid pattern, it's like, hey, there's a habitable planet in grid C35. Yeah, because if anything, I would have imagined it be like C3, and C is just what they call our sun, or our star, but C35 is just a weird specific thing. It's it's a minor detail. I was like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, It could also be tied to the jump gates. Could be. Because they're probably going off of like, hey, this planet is closest to this jump gate, and this jump gate is jump gate C-35. C-35. So therefore, this planet is going to be named after that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's a possibility. Because, like, we were questioning this while we were watching the movie. The jump gates, like, they're, like, permanently fixed transport locations. Yeah, because that's why they needed the uh, light speed engine. So they could just go anywhere without having to worry about where the, jump, where the nearest jump gate was. Because that was the whole reason it took uh, the rest of the crease along to get there. It's like, hey, we're 22 hours from the nearest jump gate. It's going to take us that long to get there, and then from there we can get to you. Yeah. So the jump gates, I, I, I'm just guessing, are like fixed, stable wormholes. And they orbit with like the solar system that they're in. Yeah. And they also move with the solar system that they're in, because the solar system itself is moving. It's really hard to quantify this. Or they're not. Think about it. Or they're fixed and everything else is moving around them and everything is constantly changing and they're just constantly remapping it. That seems real inconvenient. Yeah. But you know, Marvel's never going to explain it, so it doesn't matter. Yep, doesn't matter. Like, the jump gates seem really interesting and I don't know why they wouldn't try to explain it, but honestly, no. I'm better. I'm, I personally am better off with them not explaining it than them trying some random... You know, yeah. and that's exactly BS why they with, never will like the Pym particle type stuff. That's so. exactly what I was gonna bring up that like Hank Pym tried to explain the Pym particles in the simplest terms possible, and everyone is so upset by it because he it doesn't make sense based on how he explained it. Now, I personally have two theories about what was happening. One, Hank Pym doesn't really understand how the Pym particles work, and so he's giving his best explanation. Or two, Hank Pym understands how they work, and he's not gonna fucking tell anybody. <laughs> Uh, both are valid options. Um, I just I have a strong problem with how they're presented in the film, and I'm gonna leave it at that. So yeah, that's for the Ant Man episode that while, we might or might not get to. Yeah, like while while I'm you know curious to see if we could get an explanation on the jump gates, I am perfectly fine if they decide to you know leave it unexplained in favor of not frustrating anyone who knows anything about wormholes and science and yeah <laughs> that kind Look, of stuff it's a big cool hexagon in space what more do you need to know yeah you know and I, i'm fine with that i am curious i'm genuinely curious but if they're not gonna give a very good and logical explanation i am fine not knowing 
So Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nice all of the 90s references they put in there, just so we got the time period without saying it. Yeah, there's there's no, like, Earth 1989 or whatever. I think they brought it up once, but I don't think it i don't remember i don't think it was a title card no it just said earth and it had some coordinates they didn't pull a civil war that really was a great example of just having show don't tell because they just kind of established it immediately with oh here's a blockbuster here's a blockbuster there's There's a radio radio shack shack. you know when this is (laughs) and if you don't ask your parents oof (laughs) man i I actually remember blockbuster being a thing okay yeah it just did you ever we, go we inside did. of one? Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I didn't think you did. <laughs> Immediately dating our co-star here. <laughs> our co-host? It's co-host. Co-host. We're not starring in anything. <laughs> None of us are stars. <laughs> Self-deprecation aside. <laughs> <laughs> um, You mentioned the Civil War thing, and I kind of liked the giant Civil War location cards. Because one, it was it was an interesting style that they hadn't really done before. And it really paid off in the Jump to Queens. That was the payoff for that. It's like, oh, here's all these locations that are places. And then he's like, yeah, I know a guy. And they jump to Queens and they have the music playing. And it's very satisfying for all of the people who are expecting Spider-Man to show up. Because we know where Spider-Man lives. We know where that Spider-Man lives. I mean, you know, it's fair. I think it really works in that movie. And each movie does have its own take on, like, here's the location card. It kind of does. You know, it's, they don't have, like, a, a, a tried and true theme with that. They kind of mix it up. You know? Sometimes it's, have- here's our made-up space coordinates, and sometimes it's just, hey, we're jumping to the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it says space, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. I did like how they, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, when they showed Nowhere, like, I didn't realize how Nowhere was spelled. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it's a pun. It is a pun. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh. It's a pun and it's great and I love it. Good. This Good. is my new favorite location. <laughs> uh, a corpse. <laughs> so, talking about Marvel movies in general and as a whole, what future Marvel movie are you guys looking forward to the most? Whatever the heck they're doing with Spider-Man 3. Exactly. I'm going to lose my damn mind. (laughs) There's so much that may or may not be going on in this movie. I haven't heard anything about the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, you've been living under the most wholesome rock I see. So, apparently, all three of the live-action Spider-Mans are going to be in it. Um, That one's not as confirmed. Jamie Foxx is apparently reprising his role as a different version of Electro. Alfred Molina is reprising his role as a different version of Doc Ock. I think they said that Emma Stone was going to return as um, Gwen Stacy. There's a whole lot that may or may not be going on in the Spider-Man movie. And it just sounds, it sounds like they're doing a live action Spider-Verse. Because like Doctor Strange is also going to be in this movie. And apparently Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch is also going to be in this movie. So there's just a whole lot that's going on. I don't know how they're going to fit all this into two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, they have some kind of... I don't think they're doing a Venom thing yet, but like... Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that as well. I'm excited for the yeah. Doctor Strange movie. I was just yeah. going to bring that up. Yeah. I, I particularly am a big fan of the Doctor Strange movie, and I really want to see more of that. Yeah. I am excited for the Spider-Man movie, 
because Doctor Strange is also going to be in that as well. Yeah. So were you excited? Did you really like the Doctor Strange cameo in um in Thor? I love that actually. It's a really good. It was a good scene. It was also really nice, like explaining the difference between Doctor Strange, who's good at magic but still new at it, and Loki, who was like a very experienced magic user. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I genuinely think that's, like, one of the best ways you can do a cameo. Because they introduce Doctor Strange, and he doesn't take the spotlight, but he is in no way diminished as, like, oh, yeah, yeah he's just a, a background character in this movie. Like, he shows up, does some really cool stuff, and, you know, he kind of messes with Loki and all that kind of, you know, all that, right? Yeah. You know, kind of struts his stuff a little bit with, with his magic knowledge. Yeah. Um, and then he teleports them away before they have a chance to be like, hey, who's stronger? We're just like, nope, we're not doing this now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just like, I don't want to deal with this. Go away. But, like, it's, it's interesting because he doesn't take over the movie, you know? He's just a very strong accent as a cameo, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a little I, spice in there. Yeah, I, I personally think that's, like, one of the best cameos of any character that I've seen in terms of movie flow and actually adding to the movie. Yeah, it also works because you don't need to know exactly who Doctor Strange is. It's the quintessential part of, like, a cameo or a reference is that you don't necessarily need to know who it is for it to, like, make sense, but it makes more sense and works better if you do. So, like, if you don't know who Doctor Strange is and you're watching Thor by itself, you're like... All right, Earth has a wizard now. Like, Thor also doesn't know who that is. So he shows up. He's like, oh, Earth has a wizard. You're the wizard. He does some magic things. He teleports like Thor around obnoxiously. And then once he's done his part, he exits. And it's very clear, oh, this guy does magic. He's an Earth wizard. He has important knowledge. And he's also kind of cocky. And you get all of that from his one scene. And then he leaves. And if you don't know who Doctor Strange is, then you're like, oh, let me, well, maybe I should go see his movie. Yeah, but it works either way. I I really like Doctor Strange. I'm really excited for the sequel movie. I'm excited to see him in Spider-Man Three. Do we know if it's gonna be a cameo or if like he's actually a prominent character in the movie? I think it's more of a cameo. I think it's more so if they are doing the multiverse thing. Doctor Strange shows up and he's like, "Hey, there's some multiverse stuff going on," and then it's mostly just the Spider-Man or Spider-Men doing spider stuff. Yeah. And he Honestly, shows up, like, at the end or something. Just to see Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all as Spider-Man would be so weird. I am yeah. really looking forward just to that. Like, I've seen enough edits online. Yeah. Like, like I, 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 I'm kind of curious. I really want to see how that's going to play out. I want to see their interaction when they find out Tobey Maguire Spider-Man doesn't have web shooters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, he produces his web. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like oh yeah here's my web shooters and like oh those are really cool and he's like oh, why didn't I had some help making them it's like oh you made yours by yourself that's awesome hey you're the oldest most experienced I'm in what are your web shooters like and it's like you guys you guys don't just make this <laughs> you guys just... don't just like you know flip <laughs> they're not gonna do this but I am gonna call the shot in case it happens I would really like to see a post credit scene on this third Spider-Man that heavily features John Mulaney's Spider-Man that would be amazing. I would love for them to tie it in to the animated Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think they're going to. I would I would lose my mind if I saw that. God, they're not going to do it. Hopefully in a theater at some point. But it would be. <laughs> I just think. All I can imagine is if they did it in like 
the actual canon of this third Spider-Man movie. It's just an actual pig. Not even like a anthropomorphic pig. It's just a pig in a Spider-Man outfit that has John Mulaney's voice. Well, because like the thing is that he is in the universe of the Spider-Verse movie. He is a cartoon. Like in that universe, he's a cartoon. So I imagine he would just be a cartoon in the live action as well. Yeah, but what if he wasn't? <laughs> That'd be real weird. Be very weird and w- very hard to do. I ima- to do well. I imagine. Yeah, I I probably would not. Oh, you know what? Like they can't do it because John Mulaney's Spider Ham. If he's just a regular pig, then he's Spider Pig, and that's The Simpsons. Ah, uh, uh, yep. that's the real multiverse right there. <laughs> wow, no. Listen, stay Disney away from that one. I'm good. Dis- Disney owns it. I know they own it. <laughs> Disney owns everything. I recently discovered also just going down the um the Spider-Verse rabbit hole because it was recently announced that Oscar Isaac was going to be cast as Moon Knight. Oh yeah. And it was also brought up that he's I think he has he's either tied for or he has the record for most Marvel Comics roles now because yeah, he's he's also spider-man 2099 at the end of spider-verse yep and he's also um apocalypse yeah, that one i forgot about because they put a lot of makeup on him for they, that you look at him i still look at it and i was like that's not him yeah, he's not in there <laughs> his acting isn't in there didn't they had to all of his lines in that movie are voiceover because the costume they had him in was so loud when he moved that they couldn't actually record his live voice on set. It's all ADR. So they had to overlay his voice on. Yeah. Which I mean, they do ADR for a lot of things. Like Yeah. There's there's all there's that footage of Hugh Jackman doing that scene from Logan where like in the movie he's running through the forest like stabbing guys and like fighting. But like the video is of Hugh Jackman re recording the line. He's just standing in a booth going <laughs> He's just staying in place, breathing really heavy and grunting. Yeah, that's like he's like voice acting for an animation that was just the live action of himself. Yeah. So I mean that's it's pretty common, but it's still really funny that like the design for Apocalypse was so was so much. It really was. Honestly, I didn't mind the Apocalypse movie. I know a lot of people hated it. A lot of people did not like that movie. I thought it was okay. I'm not a fan of what it does to the timeline. Yeah, that's fair. And it's uh, otherwise, I thought it was okay. But yeah, no, it really, really messes up the timeline of the entire X Men franchise, which is odd considering it's like the third movie where they've gone back in time already. Because like, so the thing with the X Men franchise is that despite being like two separate franchises and two separate timelines, it's all technically the same timeline looped over on itself. But that means that like characters who were born at a certain time should still be born at that time, yeah? yeah? So it's weird that, like, we go we go through the first original X-Men movies, and then Days of Future Past happens, and we jump back. Logan gets sent back in time, and he alters it to the new timeline. But that means that certain people are born early? Like, Angel is already a teenager in Apocalypse, but he was, like, a teenager at the end of, like, three? But in Apocalypse, he already has, like, metal wings and stuff. It's 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 weird. Storm is the wrong age. It's a weird thing that they did when they're like, yeah, we're rebooting the timeline anyway. Might as well just reboot the canon. I'll be honest. When I was watching, when they revealed that Angel was going to be one of the four horsemen, I was like, why? His whole thing, he just has wings. Yeah, but now they're metal wings. Yeah, but why is he considered? Because this whole thing is like, I want the most powerful 
Yeah. Like mutants. This lady controls the weather. Definitely got to have her. This guy can fly? Oh, he's in. Yeah. Yeah. And the, like, Scion... Scion and Angel was like, Scion, yeah, I can understand where they might put... Why Angel? All he does is fly. Yeah. And not even, like, just on his own. He yeah. has to He flap, has to like, flap. Flap his wings. Yeah. There was a whole episode of Teen Titans where Beast Boy was like, yeah, I don't like flying. I have to pump my arms for that. <laughs> I get tired. Raven and Starfire can just levitate. I have to flap. Yeah. I want a moped. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse might as well have just chosen a giant bird. Basically. Because Angel did jack shit. Like, Angel did nothing. Angel died. That's what he did. Birds just have that by default. They don't need to be a mutant for that. They can just flap. I feel like any mutant would uh, would have been better than Angel. I mean, that's debatable. There are a lot of mutants. Because you think about mutants and you think about like, oh, here's the X-Men and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. There's a lot of kids at that school who's just like, all right, my power is that I can change colors. I that's mean, fair. It'd be one thing if Angel were like Hawk from Hero Academia, where like yeah. he's got wings, but like his feathers are individually controllable and he can like do things with yeah. it. He has two really long feathers you can use as swords for some reason. Yeah. That'd be dope. It's just no, he has bird wings on his back. Just he can fly. No no more, no less. And sometimes he can throw them at you when they're metal. Yeah, but only when they're metal. When they're metal, he can throw feathers at you. That's about it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, the X-Men movies, they have the superior Quicksilver, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that might be fixed based on WandaVision. Yeah. When I said that's unfortunate, what I meant is that's unfortunate for the MCU Quicksilver because he's not coming back. Oh, no. No, no, no. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, everyone likes this Quicksilver. And honestly, when they did the sequels to Days of Future Past, that like all had Quicksilver in it. Why didn't they make him more of a major character? Because honestly, everyone loved him. Yeah, that's the whole reason they gave him the kitchen scene in the next one was that like, oh, everyone loved you that first time when you saved everyone in a building while it was exploding and the only person you didn't save was already in the explosion. We'll just give you another scene. But then after that, immediately after that, they're like, all right, well, you did your scene. Uh, go home now. Yeah. Go home to your younger sister. <laughs> don't have a twin yeah. yeah so it's like just if honestly he was the best part of your films feature him more well, see the problem is that they made that quicksilver too powerful x-men yeah. quicksilver never would have been killed by ultron <laughs> yeah that's no. the issue yeah. x-men quicksilver can actually slow down time for himself so he would have moved the car and then just got out of the way the issue is x-men quicksilver is also too powerful for the finale of that x-men movie so they had to send him home. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a problem. They would they would have had no issues because he can move so much faster than MCU Quicksilver. Yeah. Like, honestly, they might have to nerf him for MCU. Well, I mean, I think he's... If he makes it. Yeah, if he, if makes he makes it, it all the way in. As we've seen from WandaVision Episode 6, he might also be dead. <laughs> yeah. But, we, you know, who knows? Maybe death is not permanent with this we don't I mean, know it's comics death is never permanent really unless you're one version of gwen stacy or one version of ben parker or you get sacrificed for a soul stone yeah apparently or if you get sacrificed from a soul stone it's the only way you can't be brought back also really sucks that like thanos all of his murders prior to the snap 
those are definitely regular murders that we can't undo. Oh yeah, those are done. Those are those are just there. Hey, do you think when he did the snap, he remembered to exclude all of the planets he already had? Definitely Absolutely not. not. I don't think I didn't think definitely so either. Because I mean, he literally did it while like under duress with an axe in his chest. <laughs> yeah. He was actively being attacked during that. Yeah. I don't think he, he's like, all right, hang on, let me snap and let me remember. Which planets did I go to? I need to make sure I exclude those. I don't think it was even that. I don't think it even had to be that complicated. He probably could have just been like, I want to destroy half of all life in the universe, except for the planets I've already done that to. Just add a little clause at the end of that mental sentence, and I don't I, think he did that. I still don't think yeah. he did that. So uh, all those planets, like Gamora's home planet, is now at a quarter population. Yep. They're they're really messed up. Well, they're half what they were. I guess, you know, they're half... <laughs> they're no, half quarter, of yeah. what they were before the snap. But they're a quarter of what they were before the initial invasion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I don't think they could have bounced back that far in the, like, 10 to 15 years, depending on how old Gamora is. Yeah. Since he got there. So, are there any uh, final thoughts on Captain Marvel? Tangentially, I think it's interesting that Captain Marvel, which was one of the last parts of the first saga of the universe, is so very much tied to the power based on the Infinity Stones and all of that. And yeah, really, this isn't related to Captain Marvel at all. Honestly, I just want to talk about how, <laughs> Go on. how the next phase is going to be the first part of a new saga, which is probably going to be like multiverse themed based oh, on yeah. all of the multiverse things happening in all of the Marvel films we know are coming out, except for like the black widow one black widow yeah yeah your boy forgot her name for a second there let's <laughs> <laughs> say scarlet something well, that's not right it's because it's scarlet johansson that's what it was scarlet web yeah the scarlet web my there favorite is a scarlet hero. widow though i'm pretty sure no there's a crimson widow that's what it is yeah there's also in the multiverse a version of black widow that is spider woman which is also interesting because she's one of the few spider themed heroes she's not one of the spiders yeah anyway yeah i think it's interesting that the next Marvel saga seems like it's going to be multiverse themed. This movie, very squarely themed in, hey, uh, power, the real power in this universe is Infinity Stones and what they can do. That seems to be the way to make the strongest things is with Infinity Stones or gamma radiation, which is something that the Infinity Stones put out. Do you think that the reintroduction of the multiverse is going to allow the Infinity Stones to enter back into the current universe? Because the ones that exist have been destroyed? Well, they've been atomized. They're still here. They're just basically in component pieces. But I think that might be the case. Because the Vision's stone, like the stone in his head in WandaVision, it didn't disappear when he left Westview. So that's that has to be something. It may not be a real Infinity Stone. I thought it was just an aesthetic piece. Yeah, not I gonna lie. as well. Like, with everything else disintegrating, I kind of assumed that it was just something that was, you know, still part of the yeah. reality marble that just... Because he still has mind stone powers, though. Like, he can awaken people's minds. Yeah, but I feel like that's a... based off of... It like... might just be a vision component, not like a stone component at this point. The same way Captain Marvel can shoot energy blasts and things, even though she's not like directly connected to this uh, space stone anymore, or the Tesseract. I feel like that's more of a, a feature of the fact that he is a living entity based on Wanda's powers. And so he has some level of control over her powers. Hmm. That that's, that's what I'm guessing. 
Well, because uh, her power, their powers do come from the same stone, also. Yeah. Which yeah. is the which is why she was able to like destroy him the first time. Yeah, I I'm I'm really curious to see what's gonna happen with Vision. You know, at the conclusion of what happens with Westview, is he gonna stay dead? Is he gonna be revived somehow? Is he gonna be able to be brought back without the Mind Stone, or is the Mind Stone somehow gonna come back into it? Which, if that happens, then that leads the room for all the other stones to come yeah. back into play. So back to Rachel saying was like the multiverse thing, because it's also WandaVision might be tied to the multiverse, bringing in the other Pietro. Is the multiverse a way to get the stones back? Which, I mean, I think we established in Endgame. Yeah. Really kind of like, messes up other universes when you take their stones. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that's not what she's doing. But an interesting uh, question. I like that we, we started this as final thoughts about Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, and not a single one has been about Captain Marvel, actually. Nope. Are there any actual final thoughts on Captain Marvel? It's a nice movie. <laughs> I like um, every time she shoots Jude Law directly in the chest with her energy blasts. Especially that oh, yeah, last, no, that last, that one last one shot. Oh, very, yeah. very rewarding. Very cathartic. It's like, oh yeah, no, I don't, I'm not going to play into your game. He knows, he knows for a fact he cannot beat her in a fight. He's like, I've got my gun. I got my like gravity gauntlet thing. This isn't going to do anything. I'm going to put these away and try to manipulate her one more time. And it just does not work at all. I hate that people are like, well, why didn't she fight him? Why couldn't she prove it? I'm like, no one says that about, like, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones shooting the guy with the sword. Yeah. Indiana Jones, very smugly, like, he sees this guy whip around his sword. He very smugly just kind of shoots him and then turns around as if, like, uh, I'm not going to deal with that. It's it's the same. It's essentially the same thing, but more so. Yeah. Why does she have to beat him at his own game? His his own game was making her not use her powers yeah. specifically so he could beat her. That was like his whole thing. That was his manipulation of of her. And to a larger extent, the whole like supreme intelligence was doing that, but on even a physical level of like restricting her powers. Yeah. You know, so it's like they're controlling her by a combination of manipulation and also holding in a, like yeah. holding back her powers they've physically and mentally convinced her that her power is not her own and that she needs to fight on their terms and so she comes to the conclusion hey this power is a part of me it is mine i'm gonna use it yeah and so if she decided to not use it at the end and actually fight him how he's egging her on to do that's giving him a win honestly because then she's falling back into that manipulation that this whole movie has set up, you know, that she's risen above. So that blast of the chest is more than just a, you know, F you. It's also a, I've risen above this. I, you do not control me anymore. So yeah, Rachel, a good point there. Rachel has uh, finger guns. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, which is everyone else. <laughs> Uh, Heather, do you have any final thoughts about the final few minutes of the movie that you did watch? Not really. <laughs> Head empty, no thoughts. So, now that we've we've kind of finished up and, and kind of wrapped up our talk about, you know, Captain Marvel and the MCU as a whole, as well as a bunch of other things, I kind of wanted to just bring up our kind of 
format for deciding a movie. Oh boy, we're gonna have to explain this, aren't we? Do oh. we have actually? Do we have to? <laughs> do we have to? What if that it? was like episode zero? I thought this or, was episode zero point five. This is, this is that's episode zero point five. This is, that's the prelude. We we record the episode where we talk about how we decided what movie to watch. I don't know if I can go through the emotional labor of explaining the wheel to someone today. No, <laughs> it's, we, we're not gonna like go into super deep depth or anything. So we have a list, and we use that list to find another list, and we put that list in the box, and we mail the box to ourselves, and we smash it with a hammer. <laughs> I but mean, to save on postage, we spin a wheel. So, so <laughs> we, we there's also have... a big red button that we never push. <laughs> Jack, never push the red button. Don't ever push the red button. Every movie I've ever seen tells me there's a point later on we're gonna have to push the red button. Yeah, it's always towards the end of it. And then like a rocket's gonna come back, uh, come out of the back of the couch and explode. Like make a shoot forward, and we can drive on the ceiling over the traffic. It's actually more like you go into the movie. Oh no! Oh, that's yeah. Don't don't press that button. I don't yet. know any movies I want to go into and be in, because I'm probably just gonna be me in that universe, and that's not definitely. That's, that's not definitely great. the rules for this. Is you are just gonna be yourself. <laughs> so that sounds like a terrible scenario when, like most movies, to be a random person. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. That's why I said don't press that red button. Why do we have it then? It's necessary. In order for us to have the list, we must also have the button. Yep. Just don't press it. So we have <laughs> we have a giant list of movies that we've all kind of voted on and have just added to a list. Currently, it's 86 movies long. And then we have a wheel that's 10 slots long. 11. And well, I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. So it has 10 slots on it. And we have, obviously, right now, it's already been established that we have movies that are already on the wheel, you yeah. know, in yeah. those 10 slots. And when we watch a movie, it comes off the wheel and... It goes into a separate list of movies you've already watched. The length of that one, not important. Yeah, that's this is fine. This is just a list of movies we've already seen. And we pick randomly from the larger list a movie to add to the wheel. We have an algorithm for this. Don't worry about how how that works. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's um special. You say it's complicated after yes. explaining this. Yeah. So Heather mentioned a t- eleventh slot. There is a very tiny spot on the wheel. There, there is a small bad. sliver. For bad movies. For which we have another list. <laughs> An entire other list of movies that we have not voted, we have just added to. And in the unfortunate situation that we do land on the bad movie slot, we decide collectively at that time which movie we would like to watch from the horrible movies list. Then we watch that. And yeah. Yeah. There's some extra rules with vetoes and like sequel movies that i'm not going to go into at the moment but we'll post those on the patreon that we're definitely going to have yeah for sure <laughs> totally <laughs> definitely gonna have a patreon <laughs> listen it's not a podcast until you have either a patreon or sponsors possibly both um i can tell you which one we're probably not gonna have first Anyway, this podcast has been sponsored by Precision Hoops and Bases. <laughs> <laughs> if you need Quidditch supplies, Precision Hoops and Bases has your stuff. They didn't give us a copy to read, so I mean, they make hoops. 
Do you like brooms? Do you like uh, Quidditch? Do you know what Quidditch is? Does precision hoops and bases make brooms? Yeah, I yeah. have a bunch in the cl- in the garage. Hey, better. Yeah. I spent a lot of time taping those handles. I know. Yeah, I still I, have. I still I have, have a whole bunch of those. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you need Quidditch supplies, precision hoops and bases. Do you have a? Do you have, is there a website we can? PrecisionHoopsAndBases.com. There you go. If you want to know what Quidditch is, I, I guess just Google it. It's Find it's a sport. Podcast. <laughs> there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of other podcasts for that. We're not going to plug them though. You can you can find those. It's real. It's a real sport, technically. I think. What are the technicalities of being a real sport? I don't think we have enough time in this podcast to discuss the nuances <laughs> of that question. All right. Next time on the HQ Movie Review, what makes a real sport? Till then, we've been your hosts. Say your names. Your names. That's Good night, it. everybody. 